0: the world of sports has been turned completely upside down, particularly female sports, because of the new way of doing things with the transgender movement. Basically, we have boys who aren't faring so well in male sports, calling themselves women and or girls and joining female sports. And then, Lo and behold, often they're dominating the sport, and much to the detriment of girls' sports, you might have thought that parents would speak out, that coaches would speak out, but we've had veritable silence on the issue. We've got two authors of a book about the issue with us today one is Barbara Kay a well-known journalist in Canada and the other is Linda Blade someone who has been in the industry she was a female athlete in Canada and then a coach and they have dared to speak out against this insanity happening in sports today you're going to want to stay tuned Let's begin as we always do with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Barbara and Linda, thank you for being with us on the program. Great thank you. here. So Linda, if we can start with you, if you can tell us your motivation for uh, putting out this book.
1: Primary motivation, Don Henry, is definitely to encourage our sport leadership all over the world, from the top down to the community level to reconsider a policy that's going to destroy sports.
0: And Barbara, you're a well-known journalist in Canada. Uh, You've been writing for a long time. Uh, This book finds you out of step with the liberal mainstream, but you're probably used to being that way, uh, writing for the National Post as you have been these many years. Uh, Tell us about it.
2: I first got interested in the whole um, baffling Rise of uh, transgender ideology. I I guess about four or five years ago, I I suddenly noticed that it seemed to be everywhere. Uh, From almost being something you never heard about, it suddenly was flooding uh, the airways, media, uh, education, and as is usual with many of the topics that grab my attention, it's because I get multiple. Emails from readers who are alarmed themselves or who have had personal experiences that they find disturbing. Uh, I was getting notices from parents. Uh, whose children were being taught things that they found alarming and that I found alarming too, and it was a phenomenon. I, I'm, I am mainly interested in in, in cultural topics, to, you know, anything that affects our culture in the broadest sense and uh, what children are being taught, basically, and university students. So this kind of fit in with the whole radical, um, a kind of revolutionary. Environment that uh, is saturating the universities and the discourse of media people, government people, and I, I found it particularly alarming because it was affecting children so much. And it was—it seemed to me there was an indoctrination program going on uh, that had uh, was coming from a very Marxist place, and I am very anti-Marxist, so uh, this was. The whole thing was so disturbing to me, I, I I tried to educate myself as much as I could, and I did uh, do quite a bit of research. And I said to myself, after a couple of years hammering away at this, I said, well, there are certain areas where this, this uh, uh, ideology will hit the wall, and one of them is going to be sport, because if there's one area where ordinary people uh, will insist on fairness And they don't want to hear intellectual gobbledygook. They don't want to hear uh, theories and hypotheses about gender. And, you know, they will just say, hey, this isn't fair. And that'll be the end of it. But to my utter shock and horror, uh, that wasn't the end of it at all. It was it was just the beginning of a new terrain, a new a new battlefield, which they started to win very handily. So I was dismayed and upset. I have grandchildren, uh, all granddaughters, and some of them are very interested in sport. And, and, and you know, I, I want the world to be a fair place for them in sport. And then I was looking for voices from the world of sport to condemn this. And who was going to speak up? Who was The only voice, and it was really kind of like a wilderness, was this woman called Linda Blade, <laughs> whom I hadn't heard of before, but quickly, uh, you know, got up to speed on. And uh, before we knew it, we were collaborating on, a, I think, I, I believe I'm remembering correctly, Linda, correct me if I'm wrong, that you had said you should write an op-ed about this problem. And you were giving me all the talking points. And I said, Linda, you you have to write it because you're the one with credibility. I'm, I would just be a parrot repeating. You know, you have all the knowledge on this, so I did help her to craft a, a, a fabulous uh, op-ed, if I do say so myself. I mean, it was Linda's. No, no, it was Linda, it was Linda's knowledge and her her argumentation. But um, I did I did help her sand down the rough edges uh, journalistically, and it was published in the Post Millennial, and I was excited about it. It started. Some dialogue going. It started some public discussion, uh, and then I, I uh, had the opportunity. Rebel News Media, uh, you know, Ezra Levant very well. I'm sure came to me and said, "Have you got any ideas for books? You know, I'm publishing books and and uh, short books, and uh, you know that people topics people are interested in. If you've got something in mind, come to me with it." And I said. I think I have something in mind <laughs> and I will come to you and I'll leave it at that. Cause I then called Linda. I said, Linda, you have to write this book and I'll help you.
0: And that was it. Excellent. Well, Linda, tell us, what are we going to find here? I mean, you've lived in this world. Um, as Barbara was saying, you, everyone expected, I think that when they attacked, especially uh, girls sports, parents at least would wake up and say no. And yet we've watched title after title, be stripped in in the most unbelievable ways with very little reaction, uh, or at least little reaction that we see from the mainstream media. If you could tell us what we're going to find.
1: Well, John Henry, this is what the book looks like for anybody who wants to know. And the title is Unsporting, How Transactivism and Science Denial Are Destroying Sport. I want to make one thing really clear right off the bat. Our argument is not with trans people per se. Our argument is with the activists who are often not trans themselves. They're actually Marxists and and left-wing radicals who are trying to undermine, I think, the very foundations of society. And like you said, um, we would have all expected that when this came into the world of sport, when it found me in 2018, I would have expected the top officials in sport who are the ones who are responsible for policy to all be reacting in horror that this makes no sense and yet when i sat at the table i mean i had came into this because i was elected president of athletics alberta which is the track and field association of alberta and in that capacity i had to attend national meetings and the the the, the amount of pressure that was coming from on high in the Canadian government and sport bureaucracy, to push associations at the provincial and local levels, to be accepting the fact that somehow a male can self-identify into women's sports, or we just have to stop recognizing biological sex. The the, the atmosphere of, of fear, the fear in the room, to speak against it said, set off all the alarm bells in my mind. I thought, you know what? If we can't acknowledge that this most obvious thing is absurd, what they're proposing, if, if, if I'm the bad guy at the table for raising my voice and just questioning whether this is what we should be doing, clearly there's something much much deeper, maybe more powerful about how this ideology is being pushed and where it's coming from. And that's, that's when I started tweeting, and that's when probably people got sort of an idea there's this person out there, because I didn't know where else to go. They weren't listening to me at the table.
0: The incredible thing, and uh, Barbara, I'd like you to address this, is that element of fear. This is pervasive in, in our whole culture. It seems like, um, you know, we've, we've gone back to a, a form of fascist kind of government or or manipulation of people through fear in in many respects. I mean, we're, we're dealing with that now in COVID too, but here in this area of daring to speak to even biological fact, you're you're banned from Twitter or you're kicked off YouTube or whatever. Talk to us, Barbara, if you would, about the element of fear.
2: People are afraid because people do not like to be called uh, there are certain things people really don't want to be called publicly they don't want to be called a racist they don't want to be called uh homophobic they do not want to be called transphobic and uh, there there are certain culture moves from one group to the other so that so that certain groups uh, have the spotlight on them and then you know there were gay rights and uh there was feminism and now it's it's trans uh uh, ideology that has the spotlight and the minute you speak up uh, you you get cancelled there, there's a woman in Germany of uh, Germany a woman in England Maya Forstadter who uh, worked on uh, global what was her job doesn't matter yeah she was a think tank yeah and a think tank and she she just said you know a man could not be a woman I mean it, it's a something that seems very obvious to us and she was she was uh, harassed out of her job by activists who claimed that this was hateful, hate speech. I mean, it's hate speech to state the obvious. Um, anyways, she just won a big victory at the high court in, in England, uh, who, you know, the judges deemed it is not hate speech to voice your opinion that there are two sexes, male and female. Uh, I feel like Alice in Wonderland even saying these things, but... Uh, that and 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 the fact is, people have been fired. Um, their parents have been shamed. Uh, parents are afraid they will actually lose their children to the uh, to child custody uh, to uh, the child protection services. And they and they could um, if they do not affirm their children. And and the teachers know that they're not affirming their children at a very early age. This is a it's a social contagion that has swept entire nations in a way that uh, uh, many commentators say they've never seen anything like it before. Um, I I remember one of the cases that I wrote up uh, was a a mother of a six-year-old girl in a class where the teacher showed them one of these videos about gender fluidity and said to them, there's no such thing as a boy or a girl because everybody's got fluidity in them. That's Anyways, this little girl was so traumatized that she came home crying. She couldn't sleep. She, she had extreme anxiety over it because the teacher kept reinforcing this message. Um, and finally, uh, the mother was incensed. And she went right up the food chain from the teacher to the principal, to the superintendent of schools, to the, you know, the school board. And all along the way, they stood by the teacher and they said, this is the way it is now. This is This is what your child is learning. And you, you know, basically butt out. She she was a very strong-willed and and a wonderful uh, uh, person who took them. It still hasn't been decided to the human rights commission. She took her child out of the school. Um, P.S. She started her own um, her own publication, uh, uh, the Gender Report. Uh, she's an organizer and and she's doing magnificent work. But but she's one of the very few parents. And when she tried to talk to other parents in the school, they honestly didn't want to know. They they. They're so afraid of making waves. Um, and I think people in general are like this. I said to Linda a hundred times, why are you the only coach in Canada? Or I don't know. I don't even hear about any in the United States that are standing up and saying, this is crazy. This is, this is so terrible for girls. Uh, but she is the only one. And um, I find that frightening and I'm sure Linda never envisaged in her wildest dreams that she would become a social warrior of the real kind, not the social justice guy, <laughs> who, who is who is actually standing up for reason and sanity and liberalism in, in its original uh, form. Anyways, I'm ranting because I'm going on much too long. But here's where we are. This Marxist ideology tells you that words first of all uh, there is no such thing as objective truth that science as we know it which we think is there's only one kind of science uh is a tool of white people to oppress people of color and therefore um science is not reliable because it's a it's a tool of oppression it's a it's a so basically they say what is true has nothing to do with uh, who's in power anybody who's in power thinks that what they have to say is true so you don't have to listen to people who are in power when it comes to biology they're just saying well uh that's that's not true there's we know now that there are many that that biology is not dimorphic and it's it's fluid and and you you really find yourself trying to you can't argue with the kind of arguments you would have used you were brought up to use like but evidence but data but epidemiology but but look there's no girls winning in the boys sports you know they'll say well there's no there's no real difference between men and women but but then how come girls aren't winning in boys sports only boys are winning in girls sports. oh a mere you know a mere sidebar social construct it's
1: all because of how we
2: treated little girls. Somehow, yeah, they don't have the mental discipline, or they—they're—I you know, they're, mean, this is an argument in in, in the book. Uh, Linda brought forth uh, the example. I mean, it's the classic example of this young man who was uh, uh, hurdles uh, doing men's hurdles, and he was a totally mediocre. He was a poor contender. He was—he was ranked three hundred ninetieth in his. Um, in his division and then he he started to identify as a woman entered into women's competition and ended up the next year number one so he went from 390th to number one and his coach said I've never seen such mental determination in an athlete and truly I know you're laughing and I'm laughing but it's the, the coach said it with a straight face now does he believe it of course he doesn't believe it but he wants to continue being a coach. So he has to say it. And this is Soviet Union stuff, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. yeah. saying, yeah. oh, what a wonderful harvest this year. And, you know, there isn't a grain of wheat in the fields because, but this is what we've come to. It's an act of courage to say what is in front of your nose.
0: Absolutely. As we part here, I wanted to tell us a couple of things. First of all, where can everyone get your book? We need to read it and be aware. And also- how do you suggest fighting it back against this agenda?
2: Well, over to Linda. I've spoken too much. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you can find the book at unsporting.com. Uh, and it'll take you the, to all the different links or basically to Amazon. You can look it up on Amazon as well. Basically, I think the way we're going to win this is when parents and coaches and athletes and just people at the ground level start just saying no no, this is not how it works. We're not going to play your game. We're going to simply tell the truth. We know what a boy is. We know what a girl is. And we're going to stop gaslighting our children and our sports organizations and our politicians. Like, people need to just stop doing this and just say no. Like, in my own sports organization, we've in, we've installed a completely different set of um, principles than what the you know, the transgender activists want us to, I've basically just said in this, it, with our, my board and I, uh, you're going to compete on the basis of your biology. We already have no bullying policy. So if somebody wants to identify completely differently in their dress or their behavior, or their stereotypical, whatever, uh, how many earrings do you have in your ear, whatever you want to do, we will never bully anybody. We want everybody to participate. So we've already resolved the bullying issue. We will not tolerate bullying, but we will also respect the fact that in sports, you compete on the basis of biology. And the, the, the sooner we put our foot down as citizens in Canada, the sooner we win.
0: Well said. Linda and Barbara, I want to thank you both for what you've done. It's very courageous. And uh, thank, thank you for everybody. being with us on this show. Thank you for having us. And God bless all of you. We'll see you next time. Hi, this is John Henry Weston, the co-founder and editor-in-chief of LifeSite News. I'm coming to you today because we want to be sure that we're communicating clearly with you, our loyal followers. Things are really heating up, as I'm sure you can see. Christians, conservative truth-tellers, are being targeted, are being banned from social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram at an alarmingly fast rate. They are attempting to suppress any narrative that does not fit that of the mainstream media. We knew this day would come. We have been warning everyone who would listen and attempting to build up alternative platforms to continue to reach you. More than these alternative social media platforms, we highly encourage you to subscribe to our email newsletter. We have really built up a large list of loyal readers on our email marketing platform, and we have prepared several backup plans for, well, I want to say if, but it's really when we are removed from our current platform as well. Additionally, I really encourage you, as I said before, to make it a regular habit to go directly to LifeSiteNews.com. Make it your homepage. While all of these different platforms are an excellent way to curate your news, going directly to our website means that you will never encounter any censorship or sudden loss of LifeSite News reporting. Here's the thing. We will never stop sharing the truth. We founded this organization with the mission to be the life, family, and culture source for men and women who seek to know the truth. We have established a track record of honest reports, and this will never stop, even with censorship happening around the globe. Again, I'm encouraging you to join us on Parlor MeWe, Rumble, and on our email list. You can find all the direct links in the description of this video. May God bless you and keep you, and we are so thankful that you've chosen to follow and support LifeSight News. I'm John Henry Weston, co-founder and editor-in-chief of LifeSite News.